Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today in history in 1997, the age of Aquarius dawned. And some astrologers believe because for the first time since 1475, a number of planets, the sun and the moon, were aligned in a perfect six-pointed star in the first degrees of Aquarius. Huh. Interesting. Welcome to (laughs) What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. I am your host, Zachary, and don't you worry... I am still your Huckleberry. My name is Megan, and hopefully it's not still the age of Aquarius, because um, this is embarrassing. I'm a Libra. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Matt. Today I learned a thing, and in a bit, so will you. Oh. The thing that I learned oh. is pertinent to the the thing that I'm talking about so oh okay so you're just gonna you're just gonna lead us there all right i'm just i'll get you there eventually okay oh thanks somewhere in the middle <laughs> somewhere in the middle yeah excellent how are you guys horny for uh, knowledge wow okay <laughs> not always not where i was expecting this to go where did you want it to go i, I mean, always expect the unexpected with me matt Come uh, on, that's matt. not unexpected <laughs> Thinking, uh, thinking any where... hour-long conversation with you, you'd mention how horny you are for knowledge. <laughs> at, at least twice. At least twice. I don't know where you I expected it to direction. go, Megan, but I wasn't expecting that right off the bat, I guess, is what I was... Oh, okay. Is what I was well, thinking. So, Matt, since you're not going to take up some time with... Uh, your usual today I learned. Yeah. Um, I would like to inform both of you. Uh-oh. Um, in a good thing. Uh-oh. I, I had a lovely conversation with one of our Patreon members. Um, oh, Brittany, that's nice. Who, Brittany. Uh, Brittany, uh, who it works in marketing and listened to the bonus works episode in marketing. about business. Uh-huh. Business. And was like, hey, I work in marketing. Here's like 12 more ideas. And my immediate response was, Thank you. We love this from you. If we had any money, we'd hire you. <laughs> no, 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 no. We wouldn't. What? We want all okay. that money for I, ourselves. I <laughs> yeah, that's right. Capitalism wins this podcast, baby. We, we couldn't even pay our interns. Well, I, I, that's why I was joking. If we had any money, and and one of the things that we had talked about was, uh, you know, the wanting to do a Discord channel. Yeah. Um. I don't remember what led me to this. There was uh-huh. something that was there, and then I, I I lost it. Yeah, but we'll circle back. The 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 circle back to this, and then like the information that I'm getting is I have made a Discord channel for what the fuck history. 
that will be a place that we did it. the community can come to. We're testing it out with patrons first to kind of just like see how the community meshes and I, also so that like I feel like we should be in there. I was just about to say I can add you both to this. Dude. I literally I, I started it like a day ago it's just fucking to like test the wild that that we should be in a a discord that our podcast is about. I literally was like, hey, let me uh, wait and see if, like, anything is interactive with this and, like, then go and add you two into it. Did I literally people like, interactify? Uh, there's two people who are currently on the Discord, so... Are they currently interactifying? I mean, they're. I guess they're interactifying. Are they talking I, I to each other? It's very brief. Like, there's been a couple messages that have been sent. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> But like, uh, there's there's people there, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> you just talk to them. You talk about you know your gamer strats. Exactly. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> that'll be You're that'll like, be a good oh first uh, first message. Exactly. Yeah, we yeah, have to make your, that look you a little just bit more like, official. Your... But aside from that, I have no problems with this existing. Yeah. I think the other thing is like I, I like. It was one of the things that I had been, like, thinking about, and <laughs> immediately you have someone being like, I, you're here, I assume. I love that. Um, I can't remember how that related to something we were about to talk about, but... Well, we that was really nice of Brittany, though, to be like, yeah. hello, I have, like, nine more suggestions. I think I just wanted to highlight that our fans are wonderful, and our listeners are Holy wonderful. <laughs> like, um, well, thanks, yeah, Brittany. Thanks, Brittany. We will yeah, not be I think hiring that's really... you. Yeah, sorry, we have no money. Because we want all <laughs> the we... money. Well, I mean, we barely hire ourselves. Yeah. So. I don't get True. paid enough to hire other people. <laughs> Anyways. Um, there was yeah. something. There was something I was going to say. You, you uh, got to tell them the order. It was going to, ah, fuck, it you was going to be something like, all right, dear listeners, we have set our strikes to zero, and we have played a fake game of rock, paper, scissors. And tonight, our order is Zach, followed by me, followed by Megan. Thank you for that wonderful just, like, introduction. That was I was great. falling down a well at the end there. <laughs> Yeah, We're, why did why did my name fall down a well? It wasn't your name, it was me. What's wrong, Lassie? Matt's oh. fell down a well again. Well, shit. Get the crane. <laughs> All right. Get the crane. Last week, we discussed the life and times of the infamous Doc Holiday, or at least I discussed the life and times of the infamous Doc Holiday. And ended the episode with the lead up to the shootout at the OK Corral. And I figured I usually have a habit of leaving everyone in the weeds sometimes. So for once, I'm going to be nice and I'm just going to hop right to it. I'm he not going to leave you on a cliffhanger. He done gone went and you already left us on a cliffhanger. Well, I'm not going to leave you on a cliffhanger that I never fucking circle back to. I'm actually uh, circling uh, back. Oh. Uh, <laughs> For once, I'm here to rescue you. <laughs> this is the part where he circles back. Uh, yes, this is the part where I circle back. Um, now, the shootout at the OK Corral is by far the most famous gunfight in the history of 
the American West. It's, it's actually been... canonically where um, the phrase "this town ain't big enough for the both of us" came from. Is it really? I did not oh. know that. <laughs> uh, that was is, is a that lie. true? No. That was a, thanks for lying to me, Matt, and making me look like a fucking hey, idiot. I didn't just lie to you. I lied to our listening public. You lied to everyone, <laughs> and you almost got away with it. I would have gotten away with Here's it if you secret. hadn't pressed me so hard. We love lies here. We, we do love, love lying. I Procopiused it. You Procopiused oh, it. Oh man, I got Procopius all over my pants. <laughs> oh. No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. But so, yeah, anyways. It is the most famous gunfight in American history. Yeah. Or not, maybe the American West. Um, despite that, the gunfight lasted maybe a minute. Maybe. That's about um, how long I last, so. And <laughs> you gotta stop. Fucking you gotta, you gotta. All right. Yeah, I guess that we're gonna just, uh, we're gonna leave that one there. I mean, in every gunfight I've been in, I've only lasted about a minute. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. I hear you. I I, I don't know how to respond to that. Zach claims to be the horniest one of the podcast, but when someone says something vaguely sexual, it throws him off completely. Yeah, because, like, you stole my jazz. Oh, shit. Sorry. (laughs) Was that Uh, what you were going to say? No, 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 no. Were no, you going to cop to being only a minute? No, I lasted more than a minute. Um, okay, great. So it lasted barely a minute and for better or worse became synonymous with how the Old West in America was having like wild gunfights and crazy outlaws. Um, which, side note, it was not as crazy as portrayed in the movies, but we still love those movies anyway. Um, fun hey guys, fact, if was... between the last podcast where Zach started talking about this and this podcast where he's finishing talking about it, if you have not watched Tombstone... What the fuck are you doing? Fix yourself. I still haven't watched Tombstone. Hey, Megan, we're not here to talk about yeah. you right now. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's okay. I'll just go. I'll just go fuck myself. Bye. So, um, it's about time for Megan to go home. So, <laughs> a little, a little background, <laughs> and by a little background, I mean a lot of background. Um, last week we talked about how Doc had moved to Tombstone, which was in the 1880s, um, and then the 1880s, Tombstone is one of the biggest boom towns for mining, and. Uh, a quick explanation about boom towns. Um, it was a term that was used for towns that had like found gold or silver near them, and therefore everyone just flocked to them very quickly. Uh, there was silver found in the areas around Tombstone, and everyone was like, "We're heading to them there hills. We want some." In just two years, the town's population went from a hundred people to more than seven thousand people. Uh, a number which did not include people of Chinese and Mexican descent or women and children, because yes, as cool as cowboys are, fuck is it really fucking racist and sexist as hell in the Old West. So It's racist and sexist as hell in America presently, so... Well, yeah, but like... 
We didn't want to say it, God. No. What do you we, mean we didn't want to say it? We say it. We say weekly, it all the time, every yes. week. Absolutely, like, but to a point where, like, even now, being like, yes, we still have a lot of issues. I look back and go, damn, yeah, there was an anti-Chinese league in Tombstone. That's fucked oh. up. So you know. You, and people are still racist and horrible today. They were just really upfront about it back then. <laughs> um. Anyway, so is that better story, or worse? Yeah, I, I think worse because like they were upfront about you it and they got away with it. You think it's worse because like now you just have to. I feel like people have to deal with like that weird uh, aggression where it's just like, are they being art? Are they? And then you got to think about it way more. Yeah, I uh, guess. But like, again, it's less. You got to think about it, but it, there's sides that are a lot less accepting. Whereas it's so upfront that everyone just kind of accepts it back then, and that's just complacency, and that's bad. Don't be I mean, complacent. Complacency <laughs> still happens don't get today. Anywhere. <laughs> there was centrists don't get anywhere. There was a whole fucking walk in the streets with tiki torches where people were talking about gassing the Jews and nothing happened. Yeah, that's true. It's not good, guys. No, it's not. We're going to go back to the story because... Yeah, can we please? We're just going to get crying. on a rant. Um, so, <laughs> the problem is, yeah, so Toontown grows rapidly and includes a whole bunch of amenities, including 110 saloons, because fuck yeah, we love that hooch. Uh, the problem with growing a town that big that fast is you're attracting a lot of people, but you're attracting every kind of person, which means you're attracting cattle rustlers and thieves as well as people trying to mine for silver. So, you know, you have a lot of people coming in with lots of different backgrounds. And also at the time, Mexico had a heavy export tax on alcohol and tobacco. And Tombstone is on the border of Mexico, close enough, at least to the border of Mexico, that a lot of people used that as a scheme to make money. Absolutely illegal, wow. but fuck the government, any government, let anarchy reign supreme. That's my philosophy. Wow. <laughs> Mexico, more like lamesico, if they tax in. Yeah, they're, like they're, they're taxing liquor and tobacco. All the fun stuff. Damn. God. <laughs> anyway, uh, James, Morgan, Virgil, and Wyatt. Yes, there was a fourth Earp brother, but we don't talk about James. Uh, all arrived. No, I thought you were going to be like, Wyatt is, is not someone we speak of. Oh, Wyatt is the most famous. Um, I just think the name is funny. The name is hilarious. Um... It's just an old, it's a very old name. Like, you don't see, uh, actually, you see some people named Wyatt. Do you but think like, that they it's old. didn't mention James that often because his name was boring? No, he Probably. just, like, didn't, he was, like, the In comparison the to the other brothers, his name was boring? In comparison, but, like, he was the black sheep of the family, as in he didn't, like, stick his nose in gunfights like the other three boys did. So yeah, fair enough. No one really talks about him. Um, 
So the four brothers arrived to Tombstone in December of 1879. And now, unlike what the movie Tombstone tells you, uh, Virgil had been hired as a deputy U.S. marshal for the county and had offices in Tombstone days before they make their arrival. Like, in the movie, it's very much, like, portrayed as, like, Virgil's like, oh, man, this town's sick and it needs some law, and I guess if no one's gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. And, like, that's not how it worked. The government was like, hey, you're hired. Go to Tombstone. And his brothers were like, I guess we'll go to Tombstone, too. (laughs) Like, that was That's incredible. Now it takes... It, now it takes six weeks for a job to get back to you about an interview. <laughs> yeah, right? Can't can I just be hired as a U.S. Marshal, like, right off the bat and be told, just go to some yeah. fucking town in Arizona? All right. Maybe slightly against your will. <laughs> yeah, slightly against my will. Let me be a rough cowboy that has to go marshal a town slightly against my will. <laughs> and they... Where was I in my notes? I got lost a little bit. Oops. Yeah, so Virgil is, like, already a U.S. Marshal by the time they get to Tombstone. Uh, And with that said, Tombstone didn't really care for the Earps all that much. They were kind of just tolerated. Um, Like, they didn't do anything wrong, but they were, like, just people trying to make money. And sometimes when you're a person who has some infamy as, like, lawmen in the area and are trying to now make money off a bunch of people. People don't really give a shit about you. <laughs> like, oh, inherently, okay, yeah. capitalism can be a bad... It, well, not can be. Inherently, greed and capitalism are bad things, but, like, that was still true in the American West. <laughs> um, I can't believe it. It's been bad the whole time. It's been bad the whole time. Uh <laughs> The, it was never good. It was never good. Um, yeah, it's the, just the two fucking uh, astronauts on the moon. It's been bad the whole time. Uh, wait, it's been bad it's the been... whole time? Always was. Always was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but as much as the townspeople of Tombstone were pretty much indifferent to the Earps, the cowboy gang fucking hated the Earps. Because they're the cowboy gang and they're a bunch of lawmen doesn't really go together, you know, uh, just how that works. And when they came to Tombstone, uh, Wyatt had this idea that he was just going to, like, buy a stagecoach or mining rights and water rights and just ride that shit forever and never have to, like, touch a badge and a gun again. Like, I don't know how he didn't see this coming. It's like a fucking serial. It's never going to go that way. Uh, and the cowboys liked to wrestle cattle and rob stagecoaches and generally do things that make owning land and stagecoaches and water rights very shitty. Uh, so the Earps and the cowboys, like, have a long history of, like, going back and forth of, like, hating each other's guts. And in 1881, the Tombstone City Council passes an ordinance that makes it illegal to carry a knife, gun, or otherwise deadly weapon in town. And you have to deposit said weapons at a livery or saloon before you actually go into town. So you can own a gun, you just can't own a gun in town. Like, you can own a gun, you just can't bring it with you places. Yeah, because at that I point... I wish that like, was America. Just like half the point of owning a gun if you ask a Republican. Yeah, well, they're dumb and Yeah, wrong. that's true. <laughs> they 
love they love it. They their favorite part, their favorite part in movies is when a guy walks in and he like someone starts insulting them and then he just slowly puts his hand on his hips and he like moves his jacket back and there's the holster. Yeah. And then the other person who is insulting him is just like, oh, and he's just like, mm, that's right. You heard it here, folks. Republicans, they got a hard on for the holster. <laughs> they have a hard on for the holster. They love it. That's the secret hole. That's the, the secret hole. Oh, man. Stir. Anyways. So, the holster is the secret hole. So, the. Yeah, so you're not allowed to carry a gun in town. Or a knife. Or, like, other, like, deadly weapon. Which honestly fucking makes sense. Like, it's a boom town with a lot of people in it. The cowboys have already accidentally killed the town, put like, sheriff. Like, accidentally, in quotation marks, you know. They were drunk and high, and they shot someone. That's, I don't really think that's an accident. So... That just sounds like modern day now. Yeah, right? The... Everyone else seems to be following this rule, no problem, but the cowboy gang decides to ignore this, and because that's how they are, and they're waving their guns about willy-nilly. And... Tensions between the cowboy gang and the Earps come to a head on October 25th, 1881, when Ike Clanton and the illustrious Doc Holliday, of course, the illustrious, get into a heated argument. Um, because as much as Doc Holliday liked to drink, Ike Clanton of the cowboy gang also liked to drink. And there had been some tensions. Uh, Ike was like, Ike, as much as he liked to drink, was also a fucking coward and was, like, gonna rat out some, like, possible, like, members of the cowboy gang to Wyatt Earp. And Doc Holliday, like, caught wind of something. And then Ike, like, or he was, you know, he, Ike, like, mentioned some stuff to Doc Holliday because Doc Holliday's, like, whatever. Uh, and then Wyatt Earp goes to confront Ike about, like, possible stagecoach robberies, and Ike gets in Doc Holliday's face that night of October 25th, being like, hey, you fucking ratted me out, and Doc's like, no, I didn't, you just get drunk and run your mouth like an idiot, because he does. Um, and this argument gets, like, really loud and really boisterous outside the uh, Alhambra Saloon around midnight, and the confrontation gets broken up by Morgan Earp uh, because Morgan Earp at the time was deputized and Wyatt was not. So Wyatt was like, hey, Morgan, can you just like stop Doc from causing a problem? And Morgan's like, yeah, sure. I got you, bro. Um, I, I got you. And then, of course, Virgil shows up because Virgil's got to show up. He's the fucking U.S. Marshal and is basically like, hey, Doc, Ike, if neither of you can shut the fuck up right now, I'm just going to arrest you both. And Doc, despite being a drunkard and a terrible gambler, was like, yeah, I know when I'm done, so I'm, I'm going to go home. <laughs> and by home, I mean the saloon to play more cards and get more dr drunk. So I'm going to go. I'm going to head out. I'm going to head out. Yeah. And so they do that and the fight's pretty much broken up like it was just a, a bunch of yelling no guns were drawn no nothing like that um but ike is completely sloshed and of course starts like throwing death threats at the erps and at doc holiday and he's like uh well come morning i'm gonna kill all of you i'm gonna round up my boys and we're just gonna gun you all down and everyone's like 
okay, I could go home and sleep it off. Just not thinking much of it. Um, mm-hmm. But the next morning rolls around, and a bunch of cowboys start swarming into town. And Ike is at the store trying to buy more guns because he lost his guns from the night before. Because <laughs> he was too, too drunk. Um, and a bunch of cowboys are, like, loading up on ammunition and guns, and the herbs are told, like, hey, they're out for blood right now. Like, they are coming to kill all of you. And Ike Clanton and some other cowboy members gather their horses and enter town brandishing guns, which, remember, horribly illegal at the time. And Virgil is like, this is bad. I have to go disarm these guys before this gets any worse. Like, I have to go as the arm of the law and say, I'm not here to fight you. The I just need you to give me your arm. Of the law. Of the law. I just need you to fucking drop the guns. And there's like a citizen's brigade that comes up and is like, hey, Virgil, we'll help you out. And Virgil's like, no, the situation is way too fucking hairy for that. Like, I'm not going to have a bunch of innocent people shot. So let me handle it. And by me handle it, I mean me, my brother, my other brother and Doc Holliday. Me and my boys is what I mean. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) <laughs> Me and my boys will handle it because we don't go in alone, and that's the boys' way. My brother, my brother, and me and Doc Holiday. <laughs> my brother, my brother, my and me and Doc Holiday. Uh, yeah. That's my ninja way. Exactly. Um, and so this is when the gunfight actually happens. Uh, the shootout doesn't actually take place at the OK Corral. That was a lie. It happens in this, like, weird, narrow lot off to the side of C.S. Fly's photography studio, which is, like, six buildings down from the back entrance to the OK Corral. So, don't know why it's not the shootout at C.S. Fly's, but it is Probably because they couldn't get anyone to believe that that was a real person's name way back when. I, you know, also, it's funny. C.S. Flies is still exists in Tombstone today. Yeah, except. Well, it also just doesn't sound as good. Yeah, the OK Corral does sound better, but also like C.S. Fly sounds like a modern day rapper. (laughs) You know what? That's fair. That's you you found my secret (laughs) underground stage name. Um, So I have no words six, for that. So. <laughs> I left you baffled. I, my apologies. Uh, six cowboy gang members are waiting for the men in the lot. And Virgil was not expecting a fight because as he was like going to arrest these men, he is approached by Sheriff Behan of Tombstone, who is the, the sheriff of Tombstone. It's a weird thing. Like, I don't know how to say it other than cop politics of the time are fucking baffling. Like, you have Virgil, who's a U.S. Marshal for the territory and county, but Behan is the sheriff of the town of Tombstone. Okay. And Behan is completely in the pocket of the Cowboys. Like, he's just buddy-buddy with the Cowboys. So Behan goes up to Virgil. I mean, why wouldn't you be? What? Like... Okay, if you're not buddy-buddy with the Cowboys, they, they'll just come in and cause trouble. You know what I mean? But, like, like they were causing trouble anyway, and Behan was letting them slide. Yeah, like, whatever, though. Imagine how much trouble they would be causing if they 
you know, if you were mean to them. I guess. But, like, Behan comes up to Virgil and the other members of this group and are like, hey, I went over there and I disarmed him. Everything's hunky-dory. Um, psych, he didn't disarm him I don't know. All. That looks an awful lot like a pistol. Yeah, pretty much. And Behan... I don't know about that. Behan sucks ass and is like, yeah, no, don't worry about it. I handled the situation. And Virgil's like, mm, okay, I'm U.S. Marshal. I still have to go look. Like, they're also threatening our lives. Like, I gotta go look. I gotta go. And Virgil approaches the lot and sees that they are clearly armed still to the fucking teeth. And he yells out to the cowboys and he's like, so at the time, like, they had, like, come fully loaded, like, guns out, like, right away. And then Behan's like, I disarmed them. And every single member of the ERP posse just, like, puts their fucking guns away and is like, okay, well, situation's over, but, like, we gotta go talk. And so Virgil, like, comes up in a move that is completely unheard of for any member of the justice system. And, like, very clearly and calmly is like, hey, I just need your guns. Like, and then we can chill out. And to that, Frank McLowry and Bill Clant Billy Clanton, uh, two of the cowboys, draw in revolvers and cock them, pointing them at Virgil and being like, yeah, well, mm, you wanted our guns. And Virgil is like, that's not what I meant. Like, I don't want to fight you. And they're over there I'm like, tall. now we get into a 30 minute discussion about semantics. And how you should have said what you meant at first. Yeah, and that did not stop the fight, because pretty much after Virgil is like, hey, don't shoot, I don't want to fight, someone shoots. And it's hard. I, I don't want to fight you. It's just like, well, you're in for it. Well, you're in for it, partner. Um, you're in for it, partner. The problem is with this, it's they don't know who shot first. Doc Holliday. No, Doc Holliday did not shoot first. That is known. <laughs> it was Han Solo. Han shot first. Um, so the problem is, like, it's in this compressed lot. There's a lot of people around. There's a lot of dust being kicked up. And the, the powder from these cartridges makes it really hard to see what's going on. So two shots go off very quickly. Um, and the Earps claim that the Cowboys shot first. The Cowboys claims that the Earp shot first. Either way, someone shot first. 30 seconds goes by. Doc Holiday fucking pulls out a shotgun and shoots someone at point-blank range because he's Doc fucking Holiday <laughs> before, like, getting pistols and going hog wild. Um, but almost 30 shots are fired in his just as many seconds, and it left three men dead, one man, uh, three men, including Morgan Earp, wounded. Um, actually, I believe, yeah, it was one cowboy that got wounded, three cowboys that were dead, Morgan and uh, Doc were were shot. And, and they were fine. They were like flesh wounds, you know? And Ike Clanton yeah. ends up getting away. Um, and actually accuses the Earps of murder, and Wyatt Earp and his brothers spend a month in jail before they're acquitted of the crime, because they're like, yeah, no, this was totally legal. Like, it, people died, but, like, you're not at legal fault for that. Um, but, 
I guess. I guess. Well, yeah, I guess. Like, they were like, you guys were deputized, and you were trying to get their guns, and then a gunfight happened. Like, oops, I guess this is okay. I don't know, man. This, this doesn't... Something's not sitting right. <laughs> Some not, yeah, something's not sitting right. But <laughs> this less-than-a-minute gunfight cemented Wyatt Earp and his brothers and Doc Holliday in... U.S. history and ultimately led to the vendetta ride of Wyatt Earp and the death of Doc Holliday. Doc Holliday, I don't need to go into the vendetta ride of Wyatt Earp. That is a whole other story that I will not be covering next week because I can I, I can only do so much Tombstone three weeks in a row. Um, the really? I thought this was your favorite movie ever. It is. It is. But like the vendetta ride of Wyatt Earp can basically be summed up as the Cowboys in cold blood murdered his brother Morgan and maimed Virgil. And so then Wyatt Earp became a U.S. Marshal and took his ability as a lawman to the extreme in a bad way. To the extreme. And just hunted down members of the cowboy gang and went berserk. All right. All right. And that's the sum of the Vendetta Ride of Wyatt Earp, is just a madman with nothing left to lose, killing everyone in his path. You know what? I think if there were no laws and someone had wronged me, I would do the same thing. No, I, like, if someone murdered my brother, I probably would do the same thing. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I would, I would do the same thing. I'd be like, listen, there's no laws. It Nothing matters. Like, <laughs> no rules what are they gonna do? Right, put me in jail? the cowboys. No rules just right. Like, fuck you guys. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna, I am the law. <laughs> we're playing for blood. Um, but yeah, so... Doc Holliday, to sum up, with like not going into the Vendetta ride, because it's not that important to this story of Doc Holliday. Or it, it is, but it isn't. Um, Doc Holliday dies in November of 1887, only six years after the OK Corral. And he had made his way to the Hotel Glenwood, which was located near the hot springs of Glenwood Springs, Colorado. He at this time was like really dying of tuberculosis and was like, "Hey, I heard the hot really? springs are really <laughs> he, good for you." He wasn't just he wasn't just fake dying. He was really dying. He was of really dying of tuberculosis. <laughs> and the the horrible thing is like he might have hung on for a couple more years, but he went to the hot springs because he heard that was like like rejuvenating. But like the sulfur in the hot springs probably made his lungs even worse. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And 
Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah rip, rip that makes to sense. A legend. Um, yeah, rip to a legend. His, breathing in all that sulfuric air. His stupid decisions finally caught up with him. <laughs> um, and he's in this this hotel, Glenwood, and it is reported that his last request to a nurse before his death was for a glass of whiskey, which she denied him, and he was quite irate about. Um, but the last words of Doc Holliday were, and I quote, this is funny, as he was looking down at his bare feet, and uh, people at the time like, kind of understood that or believed that to be because how Doc Holliday lived his life, he probably assumed he would have been killed by someone while still wearing his boots. So... Yeah, that makes sense. Him being like, well, this is funny. Like, this is not how I expected to die. Um, those were his I final words. I expected to have more shoes. Yeah, and, like, I understand his belief that he would have died with his boots on because he had been arrested 17 times... Four attempts were uh, made to hang him, and he survived five ambushes. So, you know what? I, too, would have assumed I would have died with my boots on. Same. If if I was a man like that, I also would have assumed I would have died with my boots on. Or way before him. Or way before, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Doc Holliday dies in 1887 um, of tuberculosis. And... Man, what a life. What a dude, what a life. He just did not give a fuck, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah, honestly. But yeah. Like... I, I didn't really talk a lot about Doc specific in this, because I wanted to talk more about, like, the OK Corral and the, like, politics behind yeah, that. Yeah, that makes sense. But it does involve Doc. Well, Doc gets tangled up. You covered, you covered like, at the beginning of his life last time, and, this, and you told us that this time was about, like specifically the shootout at the old cake corral. The okie doke corral. The okie doke corral. The okie doke corral, as it was officially known yeah. in the court records that didn't happen. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And you're sticking to it, and I, I'm guessing we're at the part of the episode where we do our new thing. You get to yeah, do a new thing, a new guys. Thing. I don't know that that was the theme music for. We'll adjust it on the fly. But like, yeah, we'll fix it. It was a good first try because this is you know week one. But Zach's gonna tell us a story now. Zach already told us a story, but Zach's gonna tell us a different story. I am gonna tell you more stories now. A different story, kind of, sort of. Basically, hey folks, this is a podcast. And as much as we complain that capitalism sucks, we still live in a capitalistic society. So. We do. Sometimes we have to, you know, talk about things, talk about products. And we're going to do that for the first time. So sorry if it's a little awkward. I'm new to this. You know, take it easy. I'm new. I've never done this before. <laughs> <laughs> never done this before. <laughs> but yeah, so we every were ro- approached. Every romance book ever. <laughs> ever <laughs> and next thing you know it's a reverse harem anyway i don't um, know that our sponsors will love that that's the <laughs> intro that you've chosen for talking about them but uh, like look, we'll see. hey they they know what they signed up for when they approached us uh we were approached by a company called magic mind um which is uh basically a really cool natural 
I want to call it energy drink. It's like a little shot of green goodness, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, and it, we were approached by them to like, you know, try their product and see how it was and basically talk to you about it as well. Um, I have tried it and uh, I actually like it, but not for like, oh, they were like, hey, you could try it instead to like replace your morning coffee. And I was like, um, I wake up at 5 a.m. and I like my bitter bean water, so I'm going <laughs> to keep that. But like, I also wake up at 5 a.m. So when I get out of work at two, I'm absolutely exhausted. And I remember we got these samples in and I like was like, huh. I guess now's as good a time as any because it's not like full of caffeine. It's full of like herbs and stuff that is more for cognitive support and natural energy. It's got matcha in it and ashwagandha. Ooh. So like stuff that's good for your brain, but isn't like, oh, my God, give me a can of monster. <laughs> and so I knocked back yeah, one of these sense. shots and I was like, OK, like. I feel good. I don't feel like I need to take a nap anymore, which is really good. I came home and I edited stuff and I was like, oh. Hey, I'm being productive. And I like that. So I've been mean, like for the past couple of days and for as long as I had a sample's worth of it, I was, you know, taking one after work because they were in my car. And it was super easy to just knock back one of these like four ounce shots of green stuff and be like, all right. Yeah. There we go. I'm good to go. And um, honestly, like it, it's nicer to have a product that like has more natural stuff in it than whatever is in any energy drink like yeah no i don't what is in I monster i don't want to know what's neon Who can about say? monster you know <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to know what's Absolutely neon not. about it but like it was cool because i was like all right hey i get my morning cup of coffee and i still get like a little bit of a boost in the second half of the day which is why i started taking it in the second half of the day i was like all right love this super easy and again it's a four ounce fucking shot of stuff like i just knock it back it's great um it definitely has an earthy taste to it but not in a bad way i guess like i'm saying this also to matt and megan who i'm like i'm their samples are in the mail so um but i i've like i enjoyed taking it for the days that i took it because i was like all right 2 p.m rolls around and i'm not dead tired anymore um and as i said it's got matcha it's got ashwagandha it's got a couple of different mushrooms like lion's mane and all that stuff is like helps reduce anxiety, anti-inflammatory and well, matcha is just delicious. I love matcha and it's good, like natural matcha's caffeine. Matcha is just good. Just mm, give me more matcha. I love it. That's why it's green. <laughs> um, I also do really like ashwagandha. I used to take ashwagandha by itself. Um, it's really oh, good cool. at like it's a natural way to help reduce stress like don't get me wrong if you need anxiety medication take your anxiety medication but like this is nice for people who just get a little bit every now and then yeah ashwagandha used to be in the sleeping pills that i would take yeah it's because it just it, it it chills you out without being like hey i'm way too chill um but yeah like i i liked it for my 2 p.m hey i need to get a little boost but also i don't want to drink a third cup of coffee for the day um and it was nice i liked it um and here comes the part where i say hey everyone you can go try this you know um and if you go to magicmind.com slash j-a-n-w-h-i-s-t-o-r-y that's magicmind.com slash jan w history 
they have a little promotion for our listeners where you can get one month free if you subscribe for a three-month thing. But if that's a little bit too much and you're like, hey, I just want to try this, they also have a thing where you can get 20% off a single purchase with the coupon code WHISTORY20. That's W-H-I-S-T-O-R-Y 20. Um, yeah, so with that code or that link, you can, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, get 20% off your initial purchase in January. Or if you're like, hey, I've tried stuff like this before and I really like it and I want to be able to do the three months and get one free, you can follow that link uh, to get that as well. And again, those links are www.magicmind.com slash history and the offer code is WHISTORY20. But yeah, it is for January, and I know that this episode is releasing a little bit later in January, so if that is something you're interested in, jump on it. And hey, that was the... That was our that was our little read there. Alright, you guys yeah, are probably new tired of hearing Zach's voice. So I'm gonna Never. jump... I I'm gonna jump into... Voice. I'm going to jump in. No, I know. You have a great voice. (laughs) We all have good voices, except I can't stand the sound of mine. Um, Everyone can't stand the sound of their own voice. I am going to jump into my story here just so that we can move things right along. Please do. I need a water break. (laughs) I am also looking forward to um, going. Like, I went on their website when they first approached us about uh, this opportunity, and I was reading a little bit about... The stuff and like what it's supposed to do, so I'm I'm very excited for my samples to show up in the mail so that I can drink them. Yeah. Uh, so dear podcasting friends, we are back in the courtroom uh, with my story this week. Uh, those of you that listened to our podcast last week will know that I told a story about rats on trial. Uh, and this this week we're we're in Salem. Um. Oh, Massachusetts, New Jersey. Oh, <laughs> oh! Uh, I got real excited for a second. And the year of our Lord is eighteen twenty. Uh, I'm a little disappointed. And there's a there's a trial afoot. Ah, uh huh. <laughs> for witches, um, you ask? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the trial in question here was for the poison apple. Uh, Matt, you've gotten my hopes up twice in this fucking story already and dashed them both times. (laughs) I I apologize sincerely, friend. Uh, But no, the trial was for the poison apple, which was uh, the other name for the tomato at the time. Oh. Interesting. (laughs) Um, Luckily, though, this story isn't like any of the other stories that we've talked about in the past where a tomato was put on the stand to speak in its own defense. Uh, or like last week where the tomato was given a lawyer to defend itself like a rat. Um, no, this, this story, uh, is, is held in the arena of a court of public opinion. Uh, so, okay. so this okay. is, this is that story. You. Uh, in, in the late 1700s, the... Uh, well, based on, you know, the description or the nickname that it had, the poison apple, um, people did not super like tomatoes. Okay. Okay. 
Um, all I'm going to say is that I agree with them. I hate, I hate them, and I think they're gross. Uh, uh, raw, yes. Cooked, yum. No. Nope. No. Uh, <laughs> I can't argue. I don't like onions. Here's the thing. I like raw onions. Don't do cooked onions. I don't like... What the fuck? I don't like what? raw or cooked tomatoes. I don't understand It's a texture you. thing. Our whole friendship. No. I'm so confused. Don't do that to me. I'm so confused. <laughs> I like so the confused. crunch of a raw onion. Like, I'm not going to go to a what fucking store fuck? and, like, chew an onion like it's an apple. <laughs> but, like, if I have... I don't believe you. If I have, like, little bits of onion in things, I... I'm fine with that little crunch in there. That's fucked up. And if it's fucking cooked, to a certain it's point you get it, and it's just slimy and it's gross, and I don't like it. Okay, um, moving on. So moving on, tomatoes were on trial. Uh, there were many, many people in uh, the 1800s that considered it to be a sinful uh item because it was red in color um and also there were apparently some properties of it that made it an aphrodisiac which i don't i don't know <laughs> okay if you're out here getting I mean, turned I've on because you're eating tomatoes eat like tomato there's no way i'm getting turned on by that <laughs> yeah fair i mean he was a squirter uh so Either way, there's a gentleman by the name of Robert Gibbon Johnson. Uh, Gibbon. Gibbon is not his nickname. It is his God-given middle name, I guess. Oh. Uh, but he had, uh, he had absolutely had it with people's mistreatment of the tomato. And so he resolved to do something about it. Imagine that being like the hill that you're ready to die and on. And he was. Because according to these people, tomatoes were killing people. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that. I don't think that's true. Uh, it was. But... And. Anyways. Um, okay. So on September twenty fifth, Robert Gibbon Johnson walked down to the courthouse with a basket full of tomatoes. Now it's important to note that this gentleman did like put tomatoes on things. This wasn't just okay. like a. I had a tomato once. And I've decided to exonerate all tomatoes. Um, I had a tomato exactly one time and it killed my father. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. So he, uh, he walks down to the courthouse with a basket of tomatoes and he stands in front of the courthouse and fucking houses the entire fucking basket <laughs> of tomatoes. Just like one, just one after the other. Slams. This is like you with onions. Yeah, that's not what I. <laughs> you just you're fucking you're fucking slamming onions, raw onions like a heathen. <laughs> I love that that's become the narrative that literally nobody said. Uh, I, I don't know, man. That's if that's if that's what you heard, then I'm not here to disagree. But he has <laughs> he okay, houses good. an entire fucking can, basket cause... of tomatoes. And I can only imagine that it was exactly like that one guy that would go to the same place every day and eat a whole rotisserie chicken in front of a crowd. 
Dude, that guy's a legend. <laughs> that guy is a legend, and the fact that he did it every day for 365 days is the most absurd thing ever. Um, I love that. But perhaps it's we'll so talk good. about that years from now. <laughs> when it's when it's actually history. history instead of just recent events. Uh, so he um, he eats this entire basket of tomatoes, and he does not die. Now, as I mentioned, okay. a lot of people were saying, like, this is the devil's fruit because, you know, it'll kill you. Um, so he doesn't die. He does get rock hard because it is an aphrodisiac. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. He doesn't get hard either. Uh, but he does. he does sort of cause people to rethink their positions on tomatoes. And most of the community that he lives in does a complete 180 on their stance on tomatoes, and they're just like, oh, yeah, it's fine. That guy ate, like, a whole basket of them. Um, He's totally fine. So uh, today I learned that tomatoes in the 1800s were killing people uh, because the tomato itself... Uh, is very acidic and okay. more often than not tomatoes or slices of tomatoes were brought out on um, pewter plates and pewter okay. plates were made with uh, high amounts of lead okay. so the acidic oh. nature of the tomato would eat into the plate which would then cause the tomato yeah. to have you know. Okay. Uh, no, I'm, I'm hearing you now. Yeah. Yeah. You get it? So it wasn't the tomatoes. It was lead It was the plates, the right. Time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the plate the whole time. So, but because in the 1820s, like, oh, uh, people, people, didn't, people didn't know what chemistry was um, <laughs> to the same degree that we know it now, uh, people were just like, the tomato's killing people. Uh, but in this situation, it was mostly killing people uh, in the upper class who could afford pewter plates to serve their uh, tomatoes yeah. on. So I failed to see the problem. Yeah. I was about... I failed yeah, to see the, the issue. Last, the, the last sentence of my notes says, uh, eventually caused the death of some upper crust rich person who probably deserved it anyways. So yeah. Excellent. Eat the rich, or the rich Fuck will eat tomatoes and then die. <laughs> and then complain that they're dying. I know. They're like, oh, this is a really big deal because we're dying. It's like, okay, what, what do you want me to do? I can't afford a tomato. <laughs> I, like, what do you want me to do about that? I, I, I'm just fucking Tobey Maguire in the Spider-Man movie. I fail to see how that's my problem. I fail to see how that's my problem. <laughs> wow what a cut yeah yeah right <laughs> cut tomatoes what a cut on that one but yeah that's um, wild that this that dude is, is just yeah. like the tomatoes are fine like chill fam the tomatoes are fine guys. yeah just the tomatoes are fine um well we learned a lot in that story uh mostly about matt's onion housing <laughs> yeah i uh issues. i fully go at him like shrek absolutely it, it, psycho behavior um so i want to dive into my story after i adjust myself on this 
couch that I'm lounging on like a rich tomato eating bastard. Uh, and um, so my story I have just labeled uh, the great the great panda heist. The great panda heist. All right, I'm intrigued. The great panda heist. You do yeah. know I love a so, good heist. Uh, I, I know you do. So, fun fact, in Portland, Maine, there's the crypt- Cryptozoology Museum. Okay. And I went to it a few weeks ago, and this is where I learned about this story. Okay. Um, which sounds weird, because pandas clearly aren't cryptids. I was going to say, I'll, I'll uh, tell last you... time I checked, uh, the Mothman and pandas didn't have a whole lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so I'll tell you why I was in the museum after I tell you this story, because I think it'll make sense once I'm done. So uh, I think we all want to go on an Atlantis-like adventure. Well, yeah. Uh, th- I think there's, like, of course, like, classic. Um, it's just D&D, but going to Atlantis. Um, like, here's if you the thing. <laughs> the opportunity to drop everything right now and go on an adventure on a like full wooden ship, I fucking would. Like, I wouldn't because yeah. I'm afraid of the ocean. A thousand percent. Okay. Well, look, Matt. The you're, the ocean's you, just as afraid of you as you are of it. So. Hey, yeah. Here's the you thing. can also you could be like Mr. Whitmore who just funds um, it. The ocean also killed like other explorers. Recently. Yeah, well, I'm not other explorers. I'm fucking built different. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, dude, I'm built different. Anyway, so I think there's like something really romantic and exciting as well about like adventures because you get dressed up in like an ascot and a cool hat. Um, and like, Fuck yeah, Megan. This is just Fuck like a yeah. shout out to Megan's D and D characters who always wear ascots and hats. Yeah, I think you just, like, get really cool outfits, and then, like, you just end up somewhere different discovering something that people didn't know existed before. So, in this particular story, there, our main character, our main protagonist, her name is Ruth Harkness, which sounds like a D&D character's name. Yeah, yes. Um, yes. And she is an NYC dress designer in the 1930s. Okay. And she didn't choose adventure. Her husband did. And then he died. (laughs) He subsequently dies after he chooses adventure. He he wasn't built different. He (laughs) was built like a... He was built mediocre. He was built like a lead balloon. He was a milquetoast boy. (laughs) I understand. He was a milk toast boy, and <laughs> the ocean was was his milk. <laughs> he just disintegrated. So, Ruth was born in 1900 in Titusville, Pennsylvania, to what seems like average people. Um, there's nothing more to say about what her What seems like, hmm, sounds suspicious. <laughs> Seems like like they just they just are average. Like I literally have nothing else written about these people. <laughs> so along with being a dress designer, she was also somehow a socialite, which is a made up job. <laughs> you, like I don't that doesn't pay money. Um, but it's always like listed on slightly well off people's resumes who live in new york you're gonna tell me that socialite doesn't exist as a job when fucking instagram model exists as a job in this day and age 
Okay, but there's a there is a slight chance that you can make money as an Instagram model. No one is giving you money as a socialite. Yeah, are, are socialites the, not just the influencers of their day? You, like, you know what? You're right. All right, you're fine. They fine. sit. They you sit win. in front of so, a room full of people. Like, what's up, fam? Uh, smash and like uh, that. What's, or what's s- up, smash that smash like button. Like button and subscribe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but at the same time, Their like, subscribers are just following them around in the streets. Like, at least like oh, with, with <laughs> influencer, it's like, all right, like I'm gonna have to like create content. A social aid's job was to get day drunk. Like, let's be yeah, real that's here. so true. Don't get me wrong, you you fucking won. You 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 win at life. You you picked the right thing. Like, don't get me wrong. That's but, like, so true. Let's be real. Your job was to get day drunk and gossip. Like, that's what a socialite does. Dude, I wish that was my job. Right? So people maybe were paying her money. Sorry, I hate to cut you off, but I wish socialite... Is it socialite? Socialite, and then, whatever, like, Disney's interpretation of an inventor was, where I just come up with madcap things that don't actually work and somehow make a living with it. Yeah, no, I get that. And philanthropists, honestly, because somehow you already have money and it's never ending. <laughs> yeah, I make so much money in a never ending stream that I just give it away to other people and that's my job. <laughs> but but like no one ever is telling you what they're doing to make that money. They're just a philanthropist. Yeah. I don't fucking know. Like no job named. All right, so Ruth is also married to her husband whose name is Bill Harkness and Bill had a dream and his dream was to find a giant panda okay weird, weird I don't flex, know why. but okay <laughs> it was a weird dream unfortunately Bill was not long for this world and died of throat cancer in Shanghai in early 1936 okay uh, as you so often do uh, in Shanghai <laughs> 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 in 1936. Yeah. Um, so he died just in time to have experienced most of the Great Depression. Good okay. for him. It was <laughs> the best it years. Was, <laughs> the best years. It was the best of times and arguably the worst of times. I think it was just the worst of uh, times. It might. Well, he died before World War II, so it wasn't really going up for the next 10 mm. years. It, also, he was in Shanghai, like, he was in China at a really horrible time. Like, World War II there was already heating up. Oh. Uh. Anyway, so it was time after the death of her husband for Ruth to step up and fulfill his dream of bringing back a giant panda to the U.S. Her first <laughs> step was... F- <laughs> her first step was finding a guide, which she did. His name was Quentin Young, a Chinese-American 22-year-old man who would take her through the rugged mountains of central China. <laughs> now, the carcass of a giant panda had made its way back to the United States a few years before. The people of America knew that giant pandas were out there. They just had never seen a live one. I was going to say, a carcass doesn't and, count. We need the real live thing. Yeah, a carcass doesn't count. And Quentin's brother had helped the sons of Theodore Roosevelt track one down, but they had shot it. <laughs> of course so they did. So Ruth, yeah, of course they did. They were they were Theodore Roosevelt's sons. They only knew the gun. pew pew. Yeah. Uh, 
They only knew the they gun. They were raised they with were, the gun. They were no Alice, but... They were no Alice, but they loved guns. So Ruth's whole thing was she wanted to bring one back alive. So she and Quentin left Shanghai in 1936. She also wasted absolutely no time after her husband died. He died in 1936. She was fucking in China in 1936, ready to go. And they started heading upriver on a steamer towards Chongqing and Chengdu, which is like in the mountainous region of China where like the the pandas live so they they hired a caravan of helpers that included a cook and a bunch of porters because fuck if they were going to carry their own shit ruth didn't know if it would be possible to find a panda alive not many people knew if capturing one was a possibility or even how to fucking take care of it like they had no one had ever except for chinese people for thousands of years no one (laughs) no one had ever seen one um but she she was hoping they could find a cub that they could nurse mm. and like bring back home. Because also you're talking okay. about a, you know what's really good? Uh, yeah, definitely. When you don't what? know how to take care of an adult panda, you should definitely abduct <laughs> a child panda that will you, never you see adulthood because you child. don't know what to feed it. A child panda. I know this is. This is just panda child trafficking. Yes, it is. Yes, it just is. Uh, So during their adventure, Ruth and... It just works. So during their adventure, Ruth and Quentin developed a relationship because, of course, they did. I mean, what doesn't... What brings you closer than being out in the Chinese wilderness? Her husband hasn't been in the ground for more than a year. Fuck it, dude. This is romance. Love finds a way. It was the 30s. They were on an adventure. (laughs) You're right. My bad. I'm sorry. I forgot that the fact that it's the 30s and they're on their adventure just negates grief. Zach, everyone is hotter when they're being Indiana Jones. I don't I don't know how to explain that to you any clearer. Several button down beige shirts. So, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not dumb. God. So everyone as everyone was hotter being Indiana Jones, um they they had a, they they became paramours if you will. However, reports say that Quentin didn't find her particularly attractive, but he admired her determination. Well, that's, um, that's right. I fuck is, people for their determination. <laughs> she had a face like a horse, but man, but man, she had determination in the sack. She had a face like a horse and an ass that wouldn't quit. An ass that wouldn't quit. So in, I just feel I'm. When I read that, I was devastated for her. Yeah. Like if if I found out someone said that about me, I'd be like, oh my god, <laughs> I'm gonna go jump off a bridge. <laughs> Later, yeet. <laughs> Bye. So in early November, about two months after having set off. They reached the bamboo forests that were home to the giant panda. And a few days later, they found a nine-week-old cub in the hollow of a tree. They didn't know if the mother was nearby, but they were like, I don't know, finders keepers. And they took it anyway. Dumbasses. They named... It's just like... 
what a what a crazy thing to do. So they they named the cub Sue Lin after Quentin's sister-in-law, and the name is kind of nice because it it means um, something something a little bit precious. Okay. And but only a little bit. Only a little bit. Just slightly she, precious. Only a little bit. Just slightly precious. She Ruth kept the panda alive by feeding it powdered milk. Um, out of a bottle and nestling it on a piece of fur that she had. She was like, this may not be your mom, but it but it's, it's a good dead enough. something. So it's good, enough. it's good enough. Anyway, so like, here we go. And now that they had, now that they had found a panda cub, their next big hurdle was actually getting this, this panda out of China. Because... <laughs> When they finally made it back to Shanghai and tried to go through customs, Chinese officials were like, hey, is that a panda? Put the fucking panda you- back. What? No, it's a small dog. <laughs> okay, well, you you joke, but oh, just God. wait. So they're like, is that a panda? And she's like, yeah. And they're like, you can't, you can't take that out of China. We're going to confiscate it. That's like a lithium battery. You'll find out what those are in, in a few decades. And the ship that Ruth was supposed to be on sailed without her as she argued about this animal. And so eventually, after staying in the customs shed all night, because they're like, we're going to put that baby panda in the customs shed until we get that figured out. <laughs> and she was like, well, it's a live animal and also a baby and it needs to be fed. And they're like, okay, you go in the custom shed with it too. And we'll figure out these papers. And so eventually she got the animal out of China because she listed it as a dog. Okay. I, I don't know, dude. So when Ruth finally got back to NYC with her fucking dog panda, Sue Lin, uh, the panda lived in her apartment for several months, but then she sold it to the Chicago Zoo, and then it ate where her. Oh. it became. No, no, no. She she sold it to the Chicago Zoo, and it became the the star attraction. And Ruth was. You would think Ruth would be like, "I fulfilled my husband's, my dead husband's wish. I brought back a live panda." I'm done. I can go back to being a dress designer. Psych? No. The f- psych. The following year, Ruth went back to China and found another panda. No! <laughs> Leave the pandas in China, bitch! No. She was a panda-sniffing machine. <laughs> she, was, she, was, she was getting them out of China faster than people get cocaine out of, out of Colombia. And she... She got this other panda and she named it Mei Mei, and she also gave it to the Chicago Zoo. Fucking Chicago's like hell yeah, lady! You just keep going to China and getting us pandas. We don't give a fuck about keep, ethics. Keep getting those pandas, and so she gives it to the she gives it to the Chicago Zoo. However, at this point, Su Lin, the first panda, dies of pneumonia. Oh, because they took. They took this panda and they put it in a whole fucking other biome. I don't know if you know this, but Chicago is very different from the forests of China. They yeah. are not the same temperature. No. They don't have the same shit. Uh, like, 
I like Chicago. It's a cool city, but it is not cool for pandas. Absolutely not. Um. So it, and this story is interesting because while I was reading it, I learned that the Field Museum in Chicago, which is like this massive natural history museum, actually has Sulin's body on display. And I, I think I saw it when I was nice. there because I did see like a massive like taxidermied panda. Um, May May, on the other hand, lived until 1942. So I don't know. So she had the World War. Yeah. Yeah, she got to see at least some of the world Here's war. Here's your reward. The world's um, on fire. How about yours? The world's on fire, and you get to live in Chicago. Congratulations. <laughs> and again, people had no idea how to take care of pandas. Like, now now when they're taking care of pandas, people wear, like, fucking hazmat suits, and they give them the most beautiful enclosures known to man. Like, they have a panda HQ being like, we gotta save these bears. It, back in 1942, they were like, fuck it. I don't, I, we've never even seen one alive. We fucked and, up so much. We got to fix this. <laughs> we fucked up so much. So after killing two small pandas in 1947, Ruth dies, probably due to alcoholism, a classic noir old person mm, way to go out. Absolutely. But she did write. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but she did write about her adventures in a book called The Lady and the Panda. And the reason that I first learned about this story uh, at the Cryptozoology Museum is because there was a point in time where Westerners thought pandas were cryptids. Like, they had never seen one alive. They had only seen paintings of this bear. Oh my like, god. Old Chinese paintings of pandas. And they're like, where are they? What where do they even come from? And so they thought they were fake. They thought they were like a mythological creature. And part of the museum was like, you know, it's cryptozoology until like you can prove otherwise. Right. Yeah. Like that makes sense, but I also hate our stupidity. Well, I mean if you think about it though a lot of people think that, like, this is a, another today you learned, so good luck learning. Uh, or good, uh, good, good luck on you learning. for learning. But a lot of people think that the idea for a cyclops comes from, like, the skulls yeah. of elephants because of yeah. the way that oh, they yeah. deteriorated. And so it's just, like, one yeah. big eye, but they're also, like, monstrously large in size. So, yeah. like, if yeah. all you have is the information of, like, that's like, oh, we've only ever seen a skull that looks like this, this would have yeah, to be a tall person <laughs> with one eye. You go with what you know. I get yeah. that. Which yeah, is why most go, depictions of know. Uh, dinosaurs don't have the feathers that most people believe that they have. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought this was like a cool, I mean, I thought it was a cool in the context of like things are not real until you prove them to be real. Yeah. And like we obviously know pandas are real, but at one point we there like, was a time mm, where a lot know. of people did it. 
Seems sus. Should she have taken those? Should she have taken those pandas out of China? Absolutely no, she not. should have left those fucking pandas in China. She should have just but... brought people to China to see pandas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happens when you're determined but not attractive. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, when you got a face <laughs> like a horse, but an ass that was like, quit. oh, that's right. Yeah, you know? Jeez. Just what happens. Determined but not attractive. That should be the name of the podcast episode. Determined but not attractive? Attractive but determined. <laughs> unattractive but determined. That could be the episode title. <laughs> oh god, it's so funny. What a horrible thing to say about someone you've recently banged. <laughs> recently railed. <laughs> she was, unat- she was unattractive, yet. but at least she was determined. Yeah. She was a decently she was a decent lay, but not attractive. Anyways. <laughs> I hate anyway, that. that was my story. <laughs> I yeah, I don't make the rules. I don't I don't come up with the stories. Yeah, I right. just report the facts. I just report the facts. I'm just here to report the Are the, the facts. facts that she was unattractive, but at least determined? That was literally in the story. He said that. <laughs> so it is a So asshole. it is a he, fact that she was can, that canonically, she's like canonically not attractive she's, woman. She's a fine... She's an okay-looking, old-timey person. <laughs> nice. I guess. Like, if you look up Ruth Harkness... She's like a whatever. She she's not bad. Looking. I'm gonna look she's her up. She's just like, yeah. Go ahead, look her up. She looks like a look like an okay right lady. Now. Who steals. You look her up. I'm gonna talk about our socials because you know that's the other thing I'm doing. I'm gonna be hey, honest folks. with you. She's not a terrible looking woman. <laughs> she's not a terrible looking woman. Like, should she have taken those pandas? No. But like, she's not horrible. Is she the most attractive? No. Is she determined? Yes. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Hey, folks. We uh, hope that you've enjoyed uh, listening to our lovely but idiotic fucking show. <laughs> uh, and if you would like, we'd really appreciate it if you could uh, support us. And by support us, we mean go follow us on our socials, such as Instagram, where you can find us at the underscore triumvirate underscore productions. You can find us on Facebook if you look us up under the triumvirate productions. You can follow us on Patreon if you're so inclined uh, at patreon.com slash triumvirate productions, where you can donate to a three, five, or ten dollar level and get a whole bunch of extra bonus goodies. Um... We are really appreciative when you do that because, well, it just, it's nice. It helps us. It makes us Um, feel tingly on the inside. Makes us feel tingly on the inside. But also, it helps us feel so determined, but also so unattractive. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, we we do a lot of extra fun things, like uh, What the Fuck After Dark, which is our After Dark show. Uh, As we kind of previously hinted at at the beginning of this episode, we kind of tentatively launched a discord chat for listeners and starting it off with patreon members a lot of our experimental shit that we don't know what we're gonna do with we start off with patreon and right now we actually have a 
uh, stretch goal for if we can get to donations to equal $150 a month in Patreon donations, we're going to do a special bonus episode for Patreon members where we play a history-based kind of TTRPG one-shot, which shall be interesting. Um, So yeah, but again, also, like, don't break the bank if you can't support us monetarily, like, don't then all you got to do is tell a friend about the podcast or give us a rating or review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Like, the little things that don't cost you any money. Like, we'd appreciate that as well. Like, as much as I'm like, hey, the stretch goal is cool, don't break the bank. Like, that's the last thing I want people to do for us. Um, do it. But you yeah, won't. That is, that's my little spiel there. Um, also, again, I, we talked about it earlier, but like, hey, we... We're super excited to have our first ad read, and we, we hope we did good. We just hope we did good. That's Zach literally <laughs> begging for them to give him praise. No, I'm not begging for your praise. But also, if you know you didn't write it down or anything, I feel like I should circle back and say, hey, if you want to try Magic Mind, um, you try can it get now. The one, try it now. Uh, you can get the one month free if we're subscribing for three months at magicmind.com slash janwhistory or if you want to use the extra 20% off uh, for a one-time purchase it's coupon code whistory20 and that is good until the end of January I know it's a short window of time but hey enjoy it while you can get it that's my spiel I'm done I've said too much (laughs) and with that we end the podcast as we so often do with me saying a sentence that I did on the very first podcast without knowing that it would be a thing that Zach would like. And then Zach immediately went, oh, I like that. You should do it every time. And now I'm stuck ending every podcast going, what the fuck history? deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.